Coming to you from the American College of Emergency Physicians annual meeting in Boston, I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz for ReachMD, and I'm joined by Dr. Andrew Byrne. He's from Coral Springs, Florida, and he received the Council Meritorious Service Award for his contributions and accomplishments while serving the ASEP Council. Dr. Byrne is a full-time emergency physician and independent healthcare consultant specializing in emergency and disaster medicine, as well as informatics and telehealth. Dr. Byrne, welcome to you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So before we kind of get into the background that merited your meritorious award, I was fascinated when I saw that you had specialty backgrounds in a number of fields that seem, at least on the surface, as disparate, from everything from disaster and emergency medicine, which is a given, to informatics and telehealth. How do you put all those into the same breath? Innovation, growing with the times, situational awareness of the world around you and how it impacts you in your practice of medicine. And how did you get into those or, or gain specialty awareness in such, perhaps not disparate, especially with innovation on the margin, but such distinct fields? Disaster actually came first. I was involved in participating in a number of disaster events, both before I entered medical school and through residency and post-residency, ranging from participating in the aftermath of tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, things of that nature. I remember I went with Jim Dougal and several of my colleagues uh, to the El Salvador earthquake. And this followed after that group went to the Mexico City earthquake the year before. This was 84 and I went in 85. And we were asked to go there through a letter from the consulate of El Salvador in New Orleans, where one of my colleagues had done his training. And they had heard about this group of emergency physicians that had come down to help with the earthquake in Mexico City, and they said, would you come to us? Now, there was a little bit of concern because people may or may not remember that in El Salvador at that time period, there was a civil war going on. And the thing that really was impressive from the consulate was they had a letter from uh, General Noriega. It was addressed to his generals, and it said, these are my guests. You will put your lives first in protecting my guests when they come down to help our country. <laughs> and it was a very interesting time. We, we accomplished a lot, not necessarily from individual one-on-one caring, but giving a perspective of systems, consensus, bringing different organizations together, providing recommendations that helped the country pull together its response and leveraging the response that they already had and improving it by bringing different components together, the business community, the Red Cross, and other NGOs or non-governmental service organizations. In that situation we were very effective and were recognized by El Salvador. Those were some of the things that led me to have a keen interest in disaster. And I brought it through its expression at the American College of Emergency Physicians. It helped me create the concept of sections, which was foreign when I started proposing it together with others at the college level and the council meeting And today, we first began that proposal in 1983. So I'm tenacious. And like a pit bull, don't let go. 
first brought up in 1983, and it wasn't until 1988 that we had a sign-off that, yes, we could do this. As in generating sections? Generating sections. 1989 was the first seating of sections. The disaster section was the first section. I was the founding chair. The other sections that sat with me at the council in that first year when we all got together was disaster, pediatrics, toxicology, and the residency or court, what later became court. And we were the first sections. Today, there are 33 flourishing sections with more than 16,608 unique members. And there are many people that belong to multiple sections. What that has done, the focus on sections were to provide a vehicle for member passion and interest in a particular niche that complemented emergency medicine. And what's been the impact of that? We've seen the impact in the disaster medical section. Several books have come from section members talking about disaster medicine, projects that we've done. The ability for people interested in ultrasound forming a section was able to use the section as a lens to focus their attention. And today, we have emergency physicians who can get credentialed by a national association that does credentialing for ultrasonography, get paid for it. They set up the principles, practice management, educational programs. That all came out of individual passion. The college has a tremendous amount of activity that it focuses on, education, advocacy, and legislation. But not every single thing that it's doing is a priority that an individual member may have a priority on. Ultrasound was not anywhere, for example, on the college's overall to-do list. Because of sections and the ability of an individual member to find 100 people that shared that passion and then get together and be able to do things made that occur. Right now, we're moving into an area of palliative medicine, geriatric care. That all came out of the sections. And that enthusiasm work product filters its way back to the college. The college is sort of like an aircraft carrier, and sections are sort of like the PT boat from the Jack Kennedy movie of uh, PT-109. Nimble, able to turn quickly, mobilize. That's what sections are all about. And I'm really proud that we were able to do that because it's made an infrastructure change to the college and college structure that says the individual member is very important to us. And yes, we provide the over-top view education, advocacy, we're there for you. But if there is something that you're passionate about and you can find 100 other people that are passionate about it too, you can get together and focus your energies together through a section. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. You mentioned passion a few times. And I imagine the attitude in the early 80s when you first proposed these ideas were along the lines of, well, yeah, sure, you can have your interest club if you need to. And as time went on, it became likely clearer and clearer that these sections could have a very integral voice in the shape, the makeup, and even the initiative directives of ASEP itself. In the beginning, it was one of those scratching your head and dogging the window look. 
when you talked about sections. It was outside the model of the organization. They understood the elected officers, the professional staff, the committee structure. The president helps set the objectives. The committees execute those objectives. Sections, ground-up objectives, they don't answer really to anybody. What's all that about? They couldn't figure out how that worked organizationally. How would that fit into the overall process of the college, its committees, its task forces, and everything else, when you had a bunch of people running around loose, so to speak, not under the control or leadership of the organization of the college? It was interesting. It was interesting in helping to develop the guidelines, the training manuals, the objectives under which it operates, the development of section grants, awarding section grants to allow the sections to say, not only do you have the energy and the passion, but now you have some money to do some worthwhile projects. And over the years, the amount of money has gone up. The amount of projects have improved. Pediatrics, for example, has helped put out books that are helpful for the general population of emergency physicians in accomplishing their educational needs with that perspective in mind. Well, if you're just joining us, this is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and we're at the American College of Emergency Physicians annual meeting in Boston. And I'm talking with Dr. Andrew Byrne. One of our focuses here is the origins of sections, which might have had a humble beginning, but through tenacity, grit, hard work, have become a major change agent at ASEP. And Dr. Byrne, let's stick on sections for a bit because you mentioned there are over 33 of them now. Correct. I'm pretty sure that you're involved, if not have founded all 33 of them. <laughs> and if I rattle down a list here of sections that you have either founded or been a part of, outside of also being part of the ASEP Board of Directors, you are part of the EMS, critical care, air medical transport, wilderness and disaster sections, geriatric, I think you founded, tactical as well, telemedicine and disaster medicine sections. Where do you have the time? <laughs> My wife is always asking me that question. And just a correction, I were, was a founding member, which means that I was one of the first 100, but I wasn't the founder of. The one that I was the founder of was the disaster section. I've been an active participant in EMS. While on the board, I was a board liaison. I was a founding member of the first 100 to participate in the telemedicine section, the geriatric section, but I wasn't the founder, but I was a founding member of the first 100. Of course. Almost brings to mind the idea of the 300. I mean, there's almost something Spartan about being among the first 100, perhaps meritorious of its own award. <laughs> but a uh, question that I have for you then is, out of all these sections that you've been a very active proponent of, I don't want you to pick favorites, but what have been among the most influential for your own practice as far as what has come out of them and the work that has been done? That's an important question. I would have to literally go through each one because they've all had impacts. The geriatric section has put out information educationally and working principles for taking care of the geriatric patient to make you more aware of the literature specific for that area. People that are involved in EMS it serves as a e-list communication so that people that are medical directors can hear the concerns and get answers from others, a self-help kind of a thing, from other directors throughout the country and learn and help them on their job to do a better job taking care of patients, taking care of systems, 
creating systems and providing education for their paramedics in their systems. Pediatrics has had an outstanding newsletter for years where you can learn all the time about the patients we see in a natural community emergency department, about 25% of the patients are kids. Having additional ongoing feedback from pediatrics is always helpful, and it goes on. I could say many things about ultrasound, the impact that we're moving into in palliative care. In fact, one of the new board members, Mark Rosenberg, was the founder of that section and had one of the first palliative care programs in emergency medicine. And with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 each year for the next 16 years, it's going to be a more important part of our practice. Sections were there first. And what sections are still outstanding? What needs to be developed? What gaps exist at ASEP that could use another section, for instance? Sections fulfill a need for member engagement for areas that are not yet addressed. One area that I've heard a lot of people talking about is the fact that the college is getting older. And I fit in that category. I've been around for a lot of years. I first joined ASEP in 1978. You may not have even been born (laughs) at that time. And the older members that have been around for a while and are still active like I am would like to continue to contribute And we look at our environments around us and say, what is different about us? How do we prolong useful, productive practice in emergency medicine at our age? And what are the things that we need to think about? Perhaps a section that deals with the older population. Right now we have EMRA, just out of training and in training. We have the YPS in the first 10 years and that's the focus of that section. And maybe we're at the point where there are enough members over 65 that we can do what the AMA does. The AMA has a senior section. I'm not sure I would call it the senior section, but (laughs) they have a section for people that are over 65 to focus on the issues that they face, which are just as different as the issues that the resident faces in EMRA or in the first 10 years of practice with YPS. Well, Dr. Byrne, any parting comments that you want to add for our, our viewing audience? One of the things that I'm, I'm really happy and proud of is I advocated for the college to develop a grant center or development program on the model of what colleges do when they go out after grants to help the college. And I was a proponent of developing that for the college. Since that's been implemented and since we've had the employment of an individual, Cynthia Singh, to head up that department, we've pulled in more than $10 million worth of grant program dollars that have helped the college develop and deliver programs. And we just recently got a $3 million grant from CMS Innovation Center to work with the CEDARS program, which is the Clinical Emergency Medicine Registry. And I think that's very exciting, and I'm glad to have been part of that. Well, on that uplifting note, I do want to thank Dr. Andrew Byrne for joining us. We're at the American College of Emergency Physicians annual event in Boston, Massachusetts. And again, Dr. Byrne, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. (laughs) For access to this and other 
podcasts, videos, et cetera, et cetera, on ReachMD. Join us at ReachMD.com, and thanks for joining us.